I'm Deesha Filyaw, and I'm the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, a collection of nine stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. My name is Jerry Craft. I'm the author and the illustrator of the graphic novels New Kid and Class Act. My name is Ann Winter, and I am an author of children's books. I live in Austin, Texas. Hi everyone, um, thank you Gary so much for having me on. This is a huge pleasure. My name is Andre Fenton. I'm a young adult author and poet, spoken word artist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi Gary, thank you so much. Um, I am Andrea Wang. I write books for kids and most recently uh, my picture book, Watercress, and my debut middle grade novel, The Many. It's personal. Awesome. All set? Yep. Okay, awesome. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. I am, again, I always say this, I'm always excited for my guests and selfishly because I get to choose who I talk to. <laughs> Um, but I'm extremely excited today to speak with this individual. Um, do you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Janae Marks. I'm a middle grade author of um, several books. Um, From the Desk of Zoe Washington is my debut, and um, A Soft Place to Land is the standalone second middle grade. And then the sequel to my first book is On Air with Zoe Washington, which comes out next year in 2023, early 2023. So wow. anyway, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to mm. chat with you. No, thank you. And just before we came on, we were talking about um, just like how flexible you are. So I know you are very busy. You have a little one and you're writing, you're working, um, you have a family. So I want to thank you for just being so flexible with with the time differences um and just making this work thank you so much yeah of course yeah so Janae let's start with like some questions just around like your background and I think I read or I heard that you were you grew up in New York is that correct yeah in the suburbs of New York City it's New Rochelle is the town um so, so yeah so just 30 minutes 30 minutes north what did like what did New York look like for you growing up as a kid um I feel like as a young kid I spent most of the time in the in the in the suburb that I you know grew up in in neighboring areas I would go into the city sometimes because you know my parents grew up in um, Harlem New York and so I still had some family members there um like my grandparents and things like that so we would go in to the city to see them and um you know do stuff in the city sometimes but honestly like most of my childhood I just remember living in my suburban town you know just spending time doing pretty typical suburban things you know like playing in the backyard and going to my mm -hmm. friends houses and mm -hmm. you know going to school and things like that um so yeah so even though I lived close to the city and I we definitely took advantage of it sometimes I feel like as a, it's a young kid I, I don't my memories are really more about you know growing up in my in my town and, and what would you say your elementary friends would say the young Janae was like when she was growing up? I think I was, I feel like I was shy around people I didn't know, but then like really loud and outgoing amongst my close <laughs> friends, you know, and I think I was like that around a lot of people. So, um, and it's funny because I have a, a, about to be seven-year-old and she's kind of the same way like people you know she really closes up and is very quiet when she's around new people but as soon as she's near somebody she's comfortable with she's so loud and you know and more energetic and 
more, mm -hmm. you seem, seems more extroverted. Um, yeah. So I was kind of the same way. So yeah, I had like some really great friends in elementary school that I had, you know, lots of fun with and tons of playdates. I'm an only child also. So I definitely relied a lot on playdates <laughs> um, yeah. and my friends. Um, and I definitely cared a lot about my friendships, which is why I think in writing middle grade in particular, like friendships always play a part in those. I mean, they're popular in middle grade in general, but I think like, that's why it's so easy for me to think back to that time because mm. friendship was so important. And that was a time when it was kind of create, you know, it gets kind of touch and go there <laughs> in middle totally. school with friendships. So totally. I feel like I just remember that. So vividly. So um, I think that's why I definitely like to use friendship as a theme in, in what I write. But yeah, I, um, I definitely, you know, I had some really good friendships though um, growing up. Yeah. And I think friendships nowadays can look so different, especially during the last three years where COVID has been so like prevalent in our lives. Like kids are building friendships with their classmates online and not seeing them for so long. So that's literally how, because my daughter was in kindergarten during that first full school year of the pandemic so 2020 to 2021 and she ended up going to school remotely um and really did make friendships through like google meet like because her teacher would you know do these little breakout rooms where she would pair a couple kids together in the breakout room and, and say hey okay for the next 10 minutes just you know get play with your partner on the google meet and like so luna would bring her toy to the camera and they would bring their toy to the camera and they would like play and then the summer after that, she went to camp in person because by that point, things were starting to open up a little bit more. And several of those same kids were in her wow. campus. And then she was like, it's so-and-so. Like, And so then she was awesome. like actually able to play with them in real life. So awesome. um, it's so weird. And now she's still friends with a couple of these people today. So it's interesting how some of these friendships really did start that's, online for such a young age. At only age, at the time, she was only five. That's, it's it's so wild. And I think it's, it is a testament to like where the world is continuing to go like to be able to pivot and teach online and then have kids go to breakout rooms still be able to share their toy toys talk to each other all of those things I think it's amazing um and difficult <laughs> yeah I know not every kid did well with it but I think she was just I don't know she was willing to kind of go with the flow which was really mm -hmm. lucky for us because I know a lot mm -hmm. of kids struggled a lot um, and, and for someone thing. who you said who can be a little bit shy as well. Like I think online is a little bit safer, right? Because you can hide when you want to. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, and I, but I do also feel like she opened, you know, she was a little bit shyer in the beginning and you could see mm -hmm. her opening up more and being more willing to, mm -hmm. to share um, mm -hmm. and speak up. Um, I love that. And even now I'm like, oh wow, like she speaks up more than I do. Like even um, before we got on this call, I was telling you about this event at school that she went to and um, that I took her to and she shot her hand up to ask questions multiple times. And as her, at her age, I never, I don't think I ever would have done that. I was always like, nope, I will listen. Even to this day, when I go to Q and A's for, there's a Q and A at the end of something, I'm always like, I'll just listen and see who else has a question. Like I rarely ask questions just because I don't know my, I'm definitely more introverted. And yeah, so it's kind of interesting how kids can really, I don't know, they can show that resilience sometimes. Just before the pandemic, yeah. And I want to ask, just because I'm curious, like how 
how did that work for you? Did you have to pivot in regards to the launch in regards to just how things would normally work for you? Yeah, well, the launch fortunately was as expected because it was January and that was before everything closed down. But there were some events, you know, in the spring that I was supposed to do. Actually, I was supposed to do, um, so I'm with the books, my books are published by Catherine Teigen Books, which is an imprint of HarperCollins. And back in 2020, they were launching this new sort of program called um, like shelf, uh, shelf, shelf space, or I'm, I'm probably going to forget the name now because now it's been a couple years and it didn't actually come to be. So anyway, um, <laughs> they have, I can't remember, I'll think of it, but anyway, so they had this whole new like program that they were going to have that's kind of geared more towards middle school, like readers or middle grade readers, um, because they have a lot of, you know, a lot of the imprints have a lot of YA social media and marketing um, initiatives that they do, but not always for the younger kids. So this was kind of their first time doing that. And they were going to actually do a tour um, to multiple bookstores around the country, around the US. And we're inviting, they invited me and two other authors. I was the only debut. It was gonna be two other established authors, like one who's like really like done a ton of books and the other ones, you know, been around for a while as well, both all middle grade. And the three of us were gonna go um, to five different stops in oh the course God. of a week. And each stop would be a bookstore visit as well as a school visit. It was gonna be an, like a really hectic schedule that I was kind of in a way, not looking forward to like, how do I even manage that? But I was excited because I feel like I would just deal with it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so they, um, they ended up having, ended up having to basically cancel it because it was supposed to be basically this third, second or third week of March. <laughs> so wow. the first, you know, week of March, we're starting to hear rumblings of things, you know, being, oh, like, can we go to do things the same way? So we all, I think it was me and one of the other authors that reached out to our agents to say, hey, like, we haven't heard anything from the publisher about whether or not this is going to shift, but we're all starting to get, we're starting to get a little nervous. Like, what should we do? So we ended up talking to the publisher and they said, okay, by the, by the time we got to the end of the first week of March, they were like, I think we're just going to postpone it. But we did go to one event, event. So it was like the eighth or something of March. We went to, um, in Texas, the uh, North Texas Teen Book Festival, which has a lot of middle grade panels as well. And so we were all three of us, that was supposed to be the first stop of our tour schedule is to go to Texas for that event. Mm -hmm. And so we still went to that event, but we ended up flying home after that. And it's even weird just to think about the fact that we were at that event because it was a huge convention center filled with kids. Like they bust kids in from neighboring, like so many kids there, so many um, authors there, all, all out in the open. Like at that point, nobody was wearing masks. I remember on the plane, it was like, everybody was focusing on whether or not you should Lysol wipe everything off or like hand sanitizer was the thing. And everybody was having a hard time finding hand sanitizer. So they were giving out hand sanitizer at the conference. And I was like, oh, let me take this for home, you know? Um, but that was all we cared about. We didn't really think about the fact that we were like so close to each, physically close to each other. So it's actually mm -hmm. a miracle that I didn't get COVID just from that. Cause like, it was definitely in the U S by that point. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And so then we came home right after that. And then kind of hungered down and thankfully, I guess, because the end of that week of touring was basically when everything shut down. So we, it would have probably wow. been a bad idea to continue on with the tour. So originally they said they were going to postpone it to May. Cause I think everybody thought like, oh, this will last, you know, a month. Like we'll be able to just do it later. And so we did, they postponed it. And then they're like, okay, we'll postpone it to September. And then they're like, okay, I guess it's not happening. And then I was like, and it definitely was a bummer because, you know, as a debut author, it was really exciting to have been invited. And obviously the invitation is still exists even if I didn't get to go. Like they obviously mm -hmm. still thought of me, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it would have been really exciting to go on a tour, um, especially with you know other authors to have it be like a group thing. I thought it would have been less scary. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's too bad that it didn't happen. But 
Um, I'm still was grateful for my publisher support. I think that just kind of goes to show that they actually were pretty supportive of me from the beginning. Um, so despite the pandemic, my book managed to find its audience. Um, I know a lot of times it's not only what you, the author does, it's also what your publisher can do to get the book out there. And I think they personally did a good job. I think mm -hmm. with my first book, cause it did seem I to find its audience. Um, it, it uh, like, <laughs> which I, yeah, I was pretty happy about, especially cause I had other debut friends and I felt so bad because they weren't all getting the equal amount of support or their book came out after the pandemic started. So by that point, people really couldn't go to the stores, at least for mine, like they could go to the store in January. Um, mm -hmm. And so there's at least a few a couple months of natural discovery before things shut down. While, mm -hmm. you know, if your book came out in like March, April, May, like it really, you're stuck at home. Nobody's really looking around at a bookstore at that time. So mm -hmm. I feel pretty fortunate that the timing worked out anyway, even though despite the pandemic, but I don't know, it definitely has been a pivot in other ways too, because I started doing some school visits, but they've all been virtual. And then finally, now they're starting to become in person again. Um, and some authors aren't necessarily comfortable, but I think like the schools have been doing a good job, like requiring masks in some cases or, you know, so I've, I've been mm -hmm. okay with going back in person. So it's nice that now things are starting to open back up again. And I think maybe by the time my next book comes out next February, things might be like more normal again, like where I can actually mm -hmm. have a bookstore in-person event again versus mm -hmm. my second book even was still during the pandemic. It was all virtual still. So yeah, we'll wow. see. <laughs> wow. It's such a whirlwind because I've talked, I did the podcast during those years and I remember talking to debut authors and I felt so, I think it was heartbroken for them because yeah. like, it's not your typical, it's not what you I know. envision. And then, right? yeah, it's not what you envision. And it's like, it's not even your fault. Like there's nothing that you did, but you know, it still reflects on your sales. And then sometimes the publishers take that into account for your next book. And it's just like unfortunate because they're not, it's not their fault, you know, that people couldn't mm -hmm. buy the books or discover them mm -hmm. naturally by going and, to the store. And or all those publishing companies, like for, for what it's worth, like they're big and they are resourceful, but like COVID really just made everyone just like, you had to think out of the box and you had to figure yeah. out like what to do. And like, they didn't know what to do right away. Like they were all, I know it's like, we were all kind of preparing ourselves to do a certain kind of marketing, like based on what previous debuts had done and, you know, things that we heard was successful. We were planning to do all those kinds of things. And then it's like, Oh, nope, you can't do any mm -hmm. of those things. Um, mm -hmm. and being able to go to in-person events, especially for this age group is so helpful. You know, you're reaching mm -hmm. the gatekeepers like online, you know, when you're, um, writing middle grades. So like the educators, librarians, um, parents, those are the people that might see your tweets or your Instagram posts or whatever. But when you get to go to an in-person event at a bookstore or at it's a different. festival, like then you actually get to meet the kids and they're the ones, you know, um, or at a library event, you know, so that's the part that we missed out on. So we were able to, you could, I guess you could still try to market toward the gatekeepers, but again, like they were probably like distracted by the pandemic and not really looking for new content or new mm -hmm. books necessarily. And then, you know, and then we didn't get a chance to reach the kids in an organic way. So yeah. Um, yeah. I do feel really yeah. bad for my debut buddies. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. And I think, again, as you mentioned, and I kind of watched a lot of it unfold in regards to a lot of debut authors during that time. Um, and you specifically, I felt for what it's worth, like you did a phenomenal job with what you had. Um, and I think it's also proof in their work and the writing that you do, which is just so phenomenal in itself. Um, I love how you storytell and how you build worlds and how you create characters. And it's like really, really good. So like when people read it, I think 
the first thing you want to do is share it. You know how books work. Like you want to read something, you want someone else to read it because it's so amazing. So I want to thank you as I thank a lot of the authors on here for the amazing work that you do <laughs> because well, it's thanks. your And yeah, your I mean, I definitely great. can thank, I definitely have to thank all of the readers too, because they also, you know, helped, like you said, spread the word, you know, about it. Um, you know, I feel like, yeah, a lot of it is out of our control, um, how your book does, but it definitely helps a lot if you get readers who then go on to shout out about it or recommend it to somebody they know. And it just kind of eventually builds up. It's kind of, it can be like a slow build sometimes, but, um, it definitely makes a huge difference. So I'm definitely grateful for all the readers. And that's actually even why a sequel is even possible. Like, um, publishers don't always publish sequels to books. And I honestly didn't even plan to write a sequel of this book. Um, of my first book from the desk of Zoe Washington, because I honestly felt that, you know, it was wrapped up. I mean, of course, there's more of any story that you could possibly go into, but at a certain point you say, okay, this is wrapped up enough. So I felt pretty good about that. But then I started doing a lot of virtual school visits um, where the kids, that was their number one question. Like, is there going to be a sequel? Is there going to be a sequel? Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know, like maybe not, probably because I really did wrap it up. And then they kept asking. And then I was like, well, you know, maybe my publisher actually would be open to it. It seems to be selling well. And um, and if I can come up with a good story. And so I kind of chatted about it with my editor and we came up with a, an, like a, what next story would make the most sense. Um, and now it's happening. And honestly, like I'm dedicating this book to all the readers because if they hadn't asked, all these kids hadn't asked that question, I don't know that I would have thought to do it. Cause I know that, you know, I, I know that sometimes when a book is successful, you think, oh, what can I do to do more of it? But I, I really, truly did think that was it. <laughs> so, wow. Um, wow. yeah, so I definitely am grateful for all the readers who kind of helped me see things, um, see mm -hmm. the possibilities, but also, you know, it was success. It was the success of the first book that made my publisher feel like it was worth it to do it. Yeah. And it's, so. and it's a testament to what you said, like the kids, right? The kids asking yeah. questions, the kids reading the books. Right. I think, yeah. So I tried, I try to say that during the school visits too. It's like, you guys have, you guys have really, you know, you have ideas too. And if you share them, you never know. I love listening to authors talk about how a book or an idea was created based on a student's question or a student yeah. wondering about something. I think that's so amazing. Yeah, I think that's so amazing. Um, Janae, I want to talk a little bit about, and I always ask this because I think it's important, um, being a mother and writing is challenging. Um, you have a little one, like, I, yeah. and I love the age group because I think you said she's seven. Did you say she's yeah, seven? Yeah, she's about to turn seven. In the um, I teach third grade, so I love like seven, eight, nine-year-old kids. I think they are just like the most fun in the world. Um, what are some of the things you love about being a mom? Um, yeah, definitely kind of what you were saying, like the curiosity um, and how they're just so curious um, and they ask like such great questions. I think when I go to school visits, I mean, the kind of questions they ask, like sometimes they really get to like some heavy questions and I'm like, wow, like you're like, I don't even know how to react to that question. And now I have to think about it. Like one time, um, a kid asked me, um, whether or not I have like issues with my own dad, because the two dads in my two books, like are the ones that kind of have go through struggles. And I, and I was like, do I have a problem with my dad? Like, I don't think so, but it's just, you know, like she really put that together in her mind. And I was like, oh, wow. Like maybe I need to think about this. But anyway, so I, I kind of love that too, about being a parent, you know, just seeing 
the way that they see the world, you're kind of getting to see things for the first time again um, through their eyes. And that's really cool. Um, it actually kind of makes me want to write younger books. Like right now I write for books for age eight to 12 and my daughter's just about to be that age in a, in a year or so. But um, I've been kind of interested in writing like chapter books, which is what we've been reading a lot now or picture books, which I know you write. So like, I think that would be really cool to even go younger. I feel like mm -hmm. getting to see, um, you know, how they react to books um, at an even younger age, kind of it's inspiring. So yeah, um, you would be awesome. Yeah. You'd be such a great, you, you can do all of it, to be honest. I would love to see what you would do with a picture book. Um, yeah, I have no ideas currently. I feel like it's like this genre that my brain does not even think in those ways, but it would be fun to maybe take some time and just try to like, just read a whole bunch and just try to really think. Of, I, I don't know. I feel like it's just to me, I've never written something that short form besides like a short story, but even then it's, mm -hmm. it's still like a whole, I don't know. It's different. A short story of fiction is different than a picture book of fiction. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It still feels like this whole other planet of kind of writing, but I think it'd be fun. It could be a fun challenge. I might try to tinker around with just you know maybe studying it more mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. when I have some time and I think and I think that's the, the, the love of writing that I hear it's just like you know as a, as a writer you are always constantly finding ways to challenge yourself right yeah um, totally and I think that that's amazing Jenny, yeah I how... think that's oh no go for it no go, go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> no I was gonna say um in terms of challenging yourself that's um came relevant to me recently too because I um am working on my next middle grade novel and it's actually going to be a departure in terms of genre because normally I write straight contemporary fiction and this one is going to have like a little bit of magical realism in it which is very mm. new to me and very like I feel like this is completely out of my wheelhouse but I happened to come up with an idea that kind of then lended itself to that so um, I'm trying it out so <laughs> again like just it's good it's good to keep yourself on your own toes you know on I your agree. own so I agree um, and there's yeah. so many <laughs> authors out there that we enjoy that are doing that work and they can influence you in so many ways, but just show right. me that it's possible as well. I know. Um, I'm like, there's so many great books out there for me to use as sort of mentor texts that I'm definitely excited to read. But anyway. Yeah. I love that. Um, I have one more, well, maybe two more questions. Um, which, who would you say has influenced you the most in regards to just like who you are today? And this, it could be a I'm assuming it's a family member, but I could be totally wrong. Um, yeah, um, I probably would honestly say my mom, which I'm sure a lot of people answer things like that. But the reason why for me is because um, my mom growing up was always just so supportive and encouraging me to go after whatever it is that I wanted to do, even if it was impractical or very difficult to achieve. Um, because when she was younger, her parents, um, you know, she grew up like, as I mentioned earlier, like she grew up in Harlem and, you know, not necessarily with the most money. And um, her parents really wanted her to do things more practical. So when she told them, hey, like, I really like sewing, like I do a lot of sewing here in the house sometimes, like I would love to maybe pursue trying to become a fashion designer or like take some classes or do anything. Um, and they're like, no, 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 you gotta like go to school for something like real. <laughs> um, so she ended up like going to school and eventually ended up becoming a math teacher, which is fine. But she always just kind of wished that she had at least tried to pursue the thing that she really wanted to do. And decades later kind of regretted not doing that. And so having me, you know, she was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to tell you that you have to do something just because it's the most safest option. So, you know, in middle school, I thought I wanted to be on Broadway. Like I was not talented enough to be on Broadway, but you know, I had some talented, but you know, Broadway talent is a whole other level. And so, but my mom still drove me to all sorts of lessons, dance, you know, 
singing, acting, like, and would sacrifice her time to make sure that I got to these things. And um, even though by the time I got to college, I was like, I'm done with that. Like, she was like still very supportive. And then when I switched to writing, she was like, nope, I think this is great. I always kind of thought maybe, you know, theater, like, you know, you're like, I always thought you liked writing, like maybe writing was the right thing and you can, you're still storytelling, whatever. So she was always so supportive. And I think for that reason, I kind of felt like it was, it was worth pursuing these things, even if they felt far-fetched. Um, wow. So I, I honestly think that her encouragement helped me because my, my journey to be published was quite long um, and windy and you know, it was not so straightforward. Like I, my, my debut came out to a lot of success, but it was a long journey to get to even that point of having a debut book. So, mm -hmm. um, I think I definitely can thank her encouragement to, you know, it was always kind of in the back of my mind in the, in mm -hmm. the midst of all of that. So, and I think we all need people that no matter what our dreams are belief. Right. Um, and I think yeah. that all comes down to them wanting us to be happy. Right. Because exactly. Uh, yeah. Cause she, yeah, I think she lived a happy, you know, she's living a happy life. I mean, she's retired now. I think she's much happier now that she's able to kind of spend more. I mean, the pandemic has obviously caused some challenges in doing this, but you know, like now she has more time to spend on what she enjoys. And she definitely mm -hmm. has gone back to sewing um, in other ways throughout um, her life. But, um, you know, but, you know, I think she does think that, you know, like she just wished she'd been able to kind of pursue what would have made her happy at the time instead of just going for the easy thing. And I think, yeah, it's great to have something. Not everybody has that, you know, not everybody has that kind of support or they encouragement. Don't, they don't. And I think sometimes we forget or we take it for granted just based on, you know, your, your parents, not your parents are just guardians in general, not believing or not trusting like your process and etc so like I see it in schools all the time where parents are driving their ideas on their children and it's heartbreaking right because this kid really wants to be an artist but you want them to be a yeah. doctor or a lawyer <laughs> and it's always right? you know it's it's possible to do multiple things you know um not to say that you shouldn't just put your all into your dream thing but you know like I I still went and did something practical right after college while I was pursuing writing. You know, it's like, there's kind of, there could be a balance to it too. Um, Agreed. But yeah, Agreed. I think I definitely feel that encouraging your kids' passions is important and, um, you know, it's going to lead them to be happier people in the end. And that's, yeah, like you said, that's what 100%. we care about. <laughs> 100%. Janae, where can people find you online? Uh, yeah. So I'm, my website is JanaeMarks.com and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and sometimes TikTok, though not very much, um, at Janae Marks Books, at Janae Marks Books. Um, yeah. So I have a lot of um, news and things just on those three kind of three platforms. Um, awesome. Yeah. So that's awesome. where you can find. And what you kind of mentioned it. Um, is there anything that you can share in regards to what's coming up for you? Yeah. So um, my next middle grade book is On Air with Zoe Washington comes out on actually Valentine's Day in the U.S. So February 14th, 2023, which is sort of random, but cool. It could be a nice Valentine's Day gift to yourself um, or your child. Um, and um, actually, A Soft Place to Land is coming out in paperback in January of 2023, I think like mid-January. So if you haven't checked that out and you prefer paperbacks, which, you know, kids generally do, um, that'll be out then. And then, yeah, hopefully more to come. Um, I'm working on the next one. That's awesome. Janae, I want to thank you so much just for hanging out. Um, this was so much fun. This was so much yeah, fun. Thanks. This was really fun. It was fun. honestly just like... Uh...